welcome TC community. My name is Aisha Gibson and I serve as an admin fellow alumni support at TC Next and I'm your host of TC Next Tell Me More podcast. The purpose of this podcast aligns with TC Next mission to empower all teachers, college students, and alumni with the skills, resources, and opportunities needed to pursue and achieve their postgraduate goals. I would like to welcome our first guest, Dr. Chloe Dawson. Dr. Dawson received her bachelor's in organization, organizational communication and intercultural communication for Pepperdine University and she is also a proud TC alumna. She received her master's and her doctorate in organization and leadership, where she specializes in adult learning and leadership. Dr. Chloe currently slow, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. You're fine. Yeah, Dr. Chloe um, Dawson currently serves as the career coach and professional development advisor at TC Next. It is a pleasure having you as a guest. How are you, Dr. Dawson? I'm doing great, Aisha. How are you? I'm happy to be here. I am so happy. And, and also, um, off the record, I just want to say, Dr. I call her Dr. Chloe, but to y'all, she's Dr. Dawson. She's a phenomenal um, colleague, and it is a pleasure for me to, to shout out her while she um, helps, you know, alum and students. And she's just a pleasure to have as a, as a oh, um, thank colleague. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you are as well, Aisha. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so as you and many of our listeners may know, February 1st marks the start of Black History Month. And given your mm-hmm. expertise in the career development space, and identity as a Black woman, I wanted to take this time to talk to you about some of the tools you've collected from your personal and professional experience, and how can they help um, demystify some of the questions current students and alumni may have um, experiencing their career journey. Okay, that sounds great. I'm happy to. Okay, perfect. So as I'm sure you know, um, Brookings recently published an article speaking to the January release of the Bureau label of the statistics, right? So December job report stated that there's a growing racial employment gap for Black workers, notably for Black women. When I Mm -hmm. first saw this, I was, I was hurt, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. like shocked. I was like, wow, really? Okay. Mm. So what, re- what reactions do you have to this? So I'm, I'm right there with you, Aisha, right? It's it's upsetting and also not surprising. And, and I do want to note for some of our listeners that, you know, this doesn't mean that your experience will be the same um, as those statistics. Um, but the numbers do help us really think about how to set the stage for how you can prepare for your own job search journey. So, you know, systemic racism is a very real barrier for many of our listeners, Aisha. And uh-huh. to be human is to really also be biased. And so it's expected that the systems and processes that we as humans are designing are biased. Um, however, that's all the more reason why organizations really need to think about how they can continue to make commitments to investing and unlearning by deconstructing and rebuilding equitable systems and processes from their recruitment process to onboarding, to access to resources like leadership development trainings um, and addressing bias even in succession and promotion cycles, right? right? But until then, the pressure will continue to fall on the individual to decide how to best navigate their journey ahead. You know, the official numbers that we're seeing right now may be different from when I graduated, but these specific experiences aren't new, right? What we've seen in these numbers, the the kind of sentiment, right, that we're taking with this, it's not new. 
um, which is why I really, really reinforce for the students and alums that I work with, right, to be prepared, be proactive, and be persistent. And remember that the best pathway to your destination might not always be the one that's paved in gold, right? What works for mm. one person may not work for you. Uh -huh. So it's important to really stay open to new possibilities and pathways, even if you're the one that has to build it yourself. Right, right, right. So in essence, you're talking about like power, right? So yes. like speaking of power over your journey, I recently read um, a blog that you wrote on LinkedIn um, titled Protect Your Process, Protect Your Peace, mm -hmm. where you mentioned how important it is that people develop the habit of questioning um, both their personal and professional values. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this is very important? Well, I mean, going back to, like you said, over, you know, power, right? So while you may not have any control of the barriers you're experiencing, right, you do have control of the ways that you're allowing that barrier to impact your journey. And so one important tool that a lot of the clients I've been working with have used during their job search or when they're considering a career move is to use tools like Glassdoor, right? Because it helps them to understand firsthand experiences from interviewees and employees at the organizations to make the decision if they actually want to share their gift with any particular organization or if there's a match in culture fit. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about all of these things at the process, right, it's very natural and it's important to talk about the nature of wanting to be competitive, mm -hmm. right? Because it's something that's going to come up, right? You want to be competitive in the market when you're applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. However, in that article that I wrote on protect your process, protect your peace, right? Going back to what I mentioned before around, you know, staying open to possibilities and, and having that, that, that power, like you said, owning that power over your journey. What's important to note here is that that competitiveness, as much as it can bring energy into the process, right, and reinforce, you know, why people are showing up the way they are, it can also take a really harmful turn when individuals start telling themselves that they aren't good enough, right, because mm -hmm. they've been rejected mm -hmm. potentially by a candidate or um, by a, um, an organization that they're applying to. And so some Black workers could easily look at that BLS jobs report at face value and really believe that they aren't good enough, right? That, mm -hmm. that, that statistic tells me that I'm not good enough. But for me, I challenge that because what does good enough actually mean? And why are we so focused on being good enough to someone else's standards and values and not focusing on how to be good enough to ourselves, mm, right? Mm, right? And so, right. you know, often being good enough is a moving scale and it's dependent on the per permission that you're giving someone else to judge you from their limited perspective of your value. But being good, right, is a state of mind that grounds you in embracing your talents and truly believing in and valuing yourself. And if history has taught us anything, it's that people who believe in themselves are really dangerous to that status quo, right? right. They are the ones who can take an inch of opportunity and really turn it into a mile of success, right? But you have to create those habits of critically questioning whether your goals and values are truly yours or borrowed from others, right? Those people, mm. they, aren't, they aren't competing to be good enough for others, right? They're leaning into their own zone of genius and challenging themselves using themselves to be better every day and so that is I, I i have i have so when you talk about the competition aspect right mm -hmm. um and um this is pertaining to like you know african-american women mm -hmm. um are, are african-americans overall and so 
a person can be, you know, competitive, but if they are going through imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. um, what would that look like? Because, you know, when you have imposter syndrome, you kind of doubt your confidence and, um, and you question yourself. And so mm-hmm. you and I, we've had conversations um, off air where I've expressed to you that I was going through it my first semester. I thought I wasn't good yeah. enough. I thought I didn't yeah. have value to what I um, do, you know, do now um, as a student and as a work, you know, working on campus. I just... Mm-hmm. I just felt like I just wasn't good enough, right? So um, what's one thing you've noticed that has held people back in taking pride in, in what they do or, mm-hmm. or even in expressing that on a document, like a resume, mm-hmm. a cover letter, yeah. or a CV? Yeah, Aisha, I'm, I'm so happy that you brought that question up, right? Because it, it's that's a reality, right? That we see oftentimes the work that we do. And like you said, one that, you know, we even experience ourselves. I've gone through an imposter syndrome. I don't, I mean, very rarely have I run across a person who hasn't experienced imposter syndrome um, mm-hmm. at some point in their life or career and are dealing with it at this moment as they're listening to this, right? Which is why I like to speak towards it. So a couple of things with that. And, and again, thank you for bringing this question to the table because it's so important. And, and I really hope that that our listeners are, you know, kind of taking some notes here because I love these questions and and I'm going to jump in (laughs) in a second, but I just love these questions. So the first thing I would say is that I found that when I'm meeting with younger professionals or people who are making a career pivot, um, what can happen is they undermine the importance of their previous experiences, right? So like we were talking about earlier, right, that being competitive, right, it kind of reinforces a comparison, right, between yourself and others. And I wouldn't say there's anything necessarily wrong with comparing yourself to others, but like I said, when, when, when it takes that turn, right, where it becomes harmful is when you start telling yourself that you aren't good enough, right? And, and that's where I, this really comes up because I want to give you an, a, a quick example. Uh-huh. I had a client that had told me that, you know, they were really hesitant about applying for a role because they felt they lacked experience. Um, and after, you know, probing a bit through their critical questions and, and just getting to know them a little bit more, it actually turned out that they had what they had lacked was full time paid experiences, but they had ample relevant experiences via volunteer, professional associations and student org opportunities that they had taken on. But what had happened was they had self-imposed a limitation on their value add, right? Like I mentioned to you before, that's the piece that you're adding into these documents. But they had self-imposed a limitation on their value add because they thought they didn't bring much to the table in comparison to those who are already in their industry, right? Career professionals already in their field. But it took someone else, myself, right, to really help them see beyond that lens. And after our conversation, you could literally hear and physically see the shift in their confidence, right? They didn't feel like they were an imposter anymore because they had someone to be with them to help them understand the value that they were bringing to the table and Mm -hmm. to take away, right, that self-imposed limitation that those previous experiences were not valuable, where Mm -hmm. I helped them to, they were invaluable, Mm -hmm. right? So, So after, again, after that conversation, you could literally see the shift in them. And, and, and they approached the entire process so differently. They jumped headfirst right into updating their materials. They, when we went through our mock prep for their interviews, they were sharing so many great examples. And, you know, I always tell my clients, 
you know, I'm here to serve as their flashlight and mirror because the career development process can be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And so, you know, I, I want to thank you again for your questions and, and just again reiterate to our listeners, I really love supporting others as a talent advocate and really hope that each of you connect with me to support you on your exciting career journey. Yeah, such gems. And, and thank you for taking your time out to um, express that, Dr. Dawson. How can people reach you? Yeah, I, I always say let's connect on LinkedIn, right? I want to endorse you. I want to see what's going on in your career. I want to support. Um, and you can also reach out to me um, on LinkedIn. It's just forward slash Chloe W. Dawson forward slash, or you can use my TC email, which is CW2916 at tc.columbia.edu. And for clarity, is it Chloe with a C or Chloe with a K? Chloe with a C. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) Again, thank you, Dr. Chloe, for your time. And it was a delight talking to you. Thank you, Aisha. (laughs) Yes. And up next for Black History Month, we will explore mental wellness in the workplace. And I'd like to close this interview with a quote by the Queen of Jazz, Ella Fitzgerald. Just don't give up what you're trying to do. Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go no wrong. Until then, stay empowered.